Welcome to the Holistic Anxiety Fix Podcast, where we explore the many different root causes of anxiety so you can learn how to heal naturally and reclaim your love for life. Welcome to this month's episode of the Holistic Anxiety Fix podcast, where we're going to explore everything related to the thyroid and anxiety. So you've probably been there if you're struggling with anxiety, where you begin to question whether or not your thyroid is part of the problem. I know on my journey, I definitely did. One of the first things that I did when I went to the doctor is ask her to run a thyroid panel. And if you're anything like me, the thyroid panel came back fine, and I was told it had nothing at all to do with my thyroid. For me, this was very disappointing because I was looking for answers, and I was hoping the thyroid was it. So you might be somebody like me where you were told the thyroid is normal, Now, I also see a second group of individuals coming in, and these are people who have gone to the doctor and they were told they have thyroid issues. Typically, I see hypothyroidism as the main problem or Hashimoto's, and they're put on medication, and then they're told that the problem is solved. Now, I'm here to explore with you in this episode why one of two things might be happening for you. First of all, you may have thyroid issues despite blood work coming back normal. And the second thing I want to discuss is why if you have a hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's diagnosis and you're put on medication, this isn't actually solving your problem. And it's really important to get to the root of why you had the thyroid issues in order to accurately heal your anxiety. So if you're somebody who's questioned whether or not your thyroid is part of the picture or you already know that your thyroid is part of the picture, you're definitely going to want to tune into this episode as we do a deep dive into the thyroid and anxiety. We're going to begin by exploring on a high level some statistics and the function of the thyroid before we get into some of the problems and then go straight to why those problems might be existing. According to the American Association of Clinical Endocrinology, there is an estimated 27 million Americans who have thyroid disease. And more than half of these individuals are undiagnosed and unaware that they have a thyroid condition. The risk of thyroid dysfunction increases with age. And here's an interesting stat for you. Women are seven times more likely than men to have thyroid problems. That's pretty significant. In fact, another way of looking at this information is that one in eight women will develop a thyroid disorder in their lifetime, according to the American Thyroid Association. Now, this is a tremendously high number, which means you need to continue listening. You probably already know that the thyroid is a butterfly-shaped organ located in the front of your neck, just below what we call the Adam's apple. Although it's small in comparison to the rest of the body, it plays a very significant role in the body because every cell in the body has receptors for thyroid hormone. And that's really, really important if you think about it. Every cell, not just specific cells, but every cell in the body has a receptor for thyroid hormone. And what that means is that the thyroid hormone is going to influence every cell, every tissue, and every organ in your body. So this is why having proper thyroid gland function is vital to your overall health, mental health, and well-being. Hormones secreted by the thyroid interact with other hormones as well. This includes cortisol, which is the body's stress hormone. 
insulin, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, just to name a few. So let's explore the wide range of impact that the thyroid can have on all of the different functions on the body, just so that you really understand why it's important to make sure your thyroid function is optimal and why you've gotten to the root of why you have thyroid issues. The thyroid is going to affect brain development. It also affects gastrointestinal mobility, which means how fast the food is moving through your intestines. When you have low thyroid function, food becomes slowed and you're much more likely to be constipated. The thyroid is also going to affect stomach acid production. Low thyroid function can cause low levels of a hormone called gastro, and this is needed to produce hydrochloric acid, which supports the body to digest food. So if you have poor thyroid function, you're going to have poor digestion. The thyroid also impacts liver and gallbladder function. It makes them sluggish and congested. And this in turn affects your body's ability to absorb fats, which in turn affects your body's ability to make hormones. If you can't absorb fats, then you can't make healthy hormones. And if you have poor thyroid function, then both of these areas are going to be affected. The thyroid also impacts reproductive hormone production and metabolism. What happens is progesterone receptor sites lose the ability to allow progesterone into the cells. And estrogen can't be broken down properly through the liver when there's not enough thyroid hormone. The thyroid is also going to impact fat burning. Low levels of thyroid function shut down sites on the cells that respond to what's called lipase. Now, lipase is an enzyme that metabolizes fat and prevents stored fat from being released. The thyroid also affects protein synthesis, insulin, and glucose metabolism. Low thyroid function causes glucose to be absorbed more slowly, and the cells don't use it for energy as readily. Thyroid is also going to affect bone growth, lipid levels, and body temperature. So as you can see, it is very important to make sure that your thyroid is functioning appropriately. How do we do this? So this is where exploring blood work comes in. Now, I want to be clear here. When you go to your doctor, they are looking for disease. And so what that means in terms of blood chemistry markers is that the reference ranges are set to reflect the general population. And if we already know that the general population, one in eight women have thyroid issues, then what that means is that the reference ranges for healthy thyroid aren't actually healthy. They're reflecting a sick population. And I'm going to give you an example of this. So years ago, when I was on my own healing journey, I ran a free T3 marker. I can't remember the exact number, but I think it was something like 2.8. And the reference range at the time might have been 3.3. So it was flanked by the lab as low. So I knew that I had a problem in producing free T3. Now, I didn't really do anything to try and fix this problem, but I ran the same marker three months later. It was exactly the same, 2.8. This time, however, it came back normal. What? So this level came back normal because the lab had readjusted the reference ranges to reflect the general population. So clearly nothing had changed in the three months except for the lab's decision that a 2.8 was now considered normal. Did I have symptoms of thyroid dysfunction? Absolutely. Was my thyroid functioning optimally? Hell no. However, according to my primary care provider, everything was great with my thyroid. 
And this is why it's really important when you're looking at blood chemistry for two things to happen. One is that you're getting the right markers, and the second is that you're using the right reference ranges. When we're looking at blood work from a functional medicine standpoint, we want to make sure that we're looking at blood work from optimal ranges instead of conventional ranges. Conventional ranges are more interested in flagging you for disease. And by the time you get flagged for disease, often things are past the point of repair. Functional medicine is looking for what's optimal, which means if you're beyond or above or below optimal, that there's still room for improvement. You can still turn things around. You're not seriously ill, but we can still support you in this way. So we wanna catch it when it's below or above optimal, but before it gets to conventional ranges because it gives us a chance to turn things around before it becomes really serious. So let's dive into the blood chemistry markers in particular, and then we're gonna talk more about what you should be looking for. Let's look at TSH. Now, this is a market that's commonly run by most conventional practitioners. In fact, when I look at blood work run by conventional practitioners, I typically see TSH and free T4. That's it. So TSH is actually more of a function of your pituitary gland and how it's working versus how the actual thyroid is working. Let me explain this for you. When we're looking at how the thyroid works, it's important to understand what's called feedback mechanisms. They work similarly to how a thermostat controls temperature in your home. So if your room is too cold, you know, then the thermostat is going to adjust and turn up the heat. If it's too hot, it's going to adjust and turn down the heat. This is what we call a negative feedback mechanism, and it allows the temperature in your house to be very consistent. The same thing is going to happen with the thyroid in the neuroendocrine system. Our pituitary gland is a command center for hormones and it's known as a master gland. We also have the hypothalamus here. And these guys are constantly monitoring your body's thyroid and hormone levels. And they send signals to the thyroid to either produce more or less thyroid hormone depending on current conditions. So basically, your pituitary gland and your hypothalamus are acting as a thermostat. So once you have the correct level of thyroid hormone in the blood, the pituitary or the hypothalamus stop releasing those signals and they turn off thyroid production. So this is why TSH is actually more of a function of whether these glands are working versus your thyroid. If we want to look at the function of the thyroid, then we have to explore different markers. We have T1, T2, T3, and T4. Now, we really only measure T3 and T4. T4 is called T4 because it contains four iodine atoms. What's really important to know here is that it's the storage form of the thyroid hormone. Approximately 80 to 93% of this hormone produced by the thyroid is in the form of T4. Then we have T3. T3 contains, you guessed it, three iodinated molecules. And so these are going to be very important markers to look at. The other things we're gonna to wanna to look at in addition to total T4, free T4, total T3, and free T3 are T3 uptake, reverse T3, TPO antibody, and TGB antibody. Now the antibodies are gonna tell us whether or not the thyroid is attacking itself. And so these are important markers for indicating whether or not you have an autoimmune condition associated with the thyroid. 
Again, a lot of doctors will simply just run the TSH without running the antibodies. However, I've seen a perfectly functioning thyroid with antibodies off the charts. And this is why it's gonna be really important for you to advocate for a full thyroid panel. If you are struggling with anxiety and tired of going in circles, then I have something special for you. I have created a game-changing gift for everyone that is listening. This gift is specifically designed for women who are done living with their anxiety. Whether they are tired of the intrusive thoughts, the sleepless nights, gut issues, the overwhelm, or being unable to do the things they used to love. This gift is specifically designed for women who want immediate action steps. So what I have for you is a guide. It is five surprising ways to reduce anxiety in just seven days. This guide is really great because it gives you some actionable steps. It is not telling you about your anxiety or suggesting a random things that you're never going to do, but they are really actionable steps that are going to have an immediate effect on lowering your anxiety. You can find the guide at go.healingjourneyservices.com slash five ways dash one. Let's talk about some symptoms of thyroid issues. There's a large lift of symptoms associated with hypothyroidism, which is the most common issue, which is going to be what we're primarily going to explore in this podcast episode. Symptoms include fatigue, weight gain, enlarged thyroid constipation, dry or coarse skin and hair, thin or brittle fingernails, and anxiety, as well as depression, mood swings, diminished reaction time, lack of motivation, headaches, a hoarse voice, sore throat, neck discomfort, mostly when you're wearing turtlenecks, difficulty swallowing, which I see a lot in the community that I work with, sensitivity to cold hands and feet. So you can see that there are quite a lot of symptoms here, and these are only just to name a few. We also see GI disturbances and sleep issues and all sorts of things. Suboptimal thyroid is when things are trending in the wrong direction, but they're still going to be within conventional lab ranges. So your TSH might be higher than the optimal range. We might see free T3 and free T4 lower than optimal range. And this just indicates that there's some concern for thyroid level, that it's not functioning optimally. You may or may not experience significant symptoms at this level. Then we look at hypothyroidism. Primary hypothyroidism is usually created by autoimmunity, which we're going to get into in a minute, or iodine deficiency. And so this is why I explained to you what T3 and T4 were made of, because if you have iodine deficiency, then you can't make T3, T4, T2, and T1 because they rely on iodine. So if you have hypothyroidism, you're gonna be outside of conventional lab ranges. So doctors may flag if TSH is elevated at more than 4.5 or 5, and you know what I see here is a lot of allopathic physicians are just going to simply treat the thyroid, as I mentioned before, and not necessarily look at root causes. So you're generally gonna go on a medication like level thyroxine sodium, which is synthroid or level oxal. Yeah, I'm great at saying things. So now you're generally going to be prescribed level thyroxine sodium, and a common brand name for this is synthroid or level oxal. 
The next problem with the thyroid is a condition called Hashimoto's. And Hashimoto's is associated with hypothyroidism, which means that you are having slow thyroid function. What we're looking for specifically here is elevated TPO or thyroglobulin antibodies in Hashimoto's. There's also hyperthyroidism and Graves' disease. This is much less common, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail in this podcast episode, but I just wanted to make reference to it. And Graves' disease is the autoimmune condition associated with hyperthyroidism, which is an overactive thyroid. Now, here's what I really want to make a point about, is that medicating the thyroid, which is the conventional medical belief, isn't actually going to solve the problem because it's not asking the question of why your thyroid is imbalanced in the first place. Functional medicine does not hold the same beliefs as conventional medicine. Conventional medicine also believes that if you have an autoimmune condition, there's nothing you can do to reverse it. Functional medicine and myself, however, believe that there's lots that you can do to reverse it once you uncover the reasons why you had thyroid dysfunction. So let's talk about what some of the root causes of these things are. Gluten is one of the biggest root causes of thyroid issues, and a lot of people are quite shocked when they hear this. In fact, the statistics show us that 43% of people with Hashimoto's thyroiditis have a gluten sensitivity. And for a lot of people, when they take out gluten, thyroid markers will actually start to normalize. Now, related to this is inflammation and stress on the body. And so, you know, leaky gut and inflammation associated with leaky gut are going to create a whole host of issues that can then trigger the thyroid. There's a concept called molecular mimicry. And this is where molecules that get into the body through the leaky gut create lookalike molecules to other molecules in the body. And so what happens if there are gut issues is that molecules leak into the body that don't belong there. This then obviously activates the body's immune system, and this sends the body into inflammation. Now, a second process happens at the same time, and this is called molecular mimicry. So sometimes the molecules that leak into the body through the gut that don't belong there look like other molecules that are of the body. And so what happens is the immune system goes around attacking the molecules that don't belong there, and then they start also accidentally attacking the organs as well that look like those molecules. And this is why all farms, not just thyroid-based autoimmunity, is connected with leaky gut. And so this is why it's really important to address the root causes of inflammation in the gut when you're dealing with issues like thyroid. Chronic infection is another really big root cause of thyroid issues. So infections like blastocystis hominis, H. pylori, Epstein-Barr, Lyme's disease, mycoplasma, Q fever, and periodontal disease, staphylococcus, streptococcus, you know, all of these things, CMV, which is cytomegalovirus, and lots of other viruses can actually cause thyroid issues as well. And this is why when you're looking at root causes of the thyroid, we want to really go deeper into infections that might be triggering thyroid issues. The next big trigger is toxins. This could be things like food that aren't organic and have pesticides on them, cleaning products that have toxins on them. You know, all of these have some sort of direct or indirect effect on the thyroid. 
There are certain chemicals that are called goitrogens that interfere with the thyroid and iodine uptake. And chemicals that inhibit iodine uptake are going to prevent the creation of important thyroid hormones. For example, petrochlorate blocks iodine from entering the thyroid at the sodium iodine transporter level. So these toxins impact the body's ability to produce thyroid hormones. That means there's not going to be enough hormones circulating to interact with your cells, and then you're going to get issues further downstream. So research has found that girls born to women with higher levels of phthalates, that's spelled P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-S, and these toxins are found in commonly used products like shampoos and conditioners and other beauty care products. Now you might be wondering what the link to thyroid is. Follow me here. Women who had children, baby girls, and had phthalates in their urine during pregnancy had girls who had lower levels of the thyroid hormone T4 when they were three years old. So what this is suggesting is that the mother's phthalate concentration affects their daughter's ability to produce the thyroid hormone T4 when they're three, which is pretty incredible, right? So you can now see how your toxic load is going to be impacting your child's toxic load, which is going to be impacting their thyroid function, and the list goes on. So chemicals is a really big thing, and I could go on for probably an hour or more about the link between various different chemicals and thyroid function, but I think the key message here is that detoxing your life is going to be really important. For those of you that don't know, I have a Facebook group called Healing Anxiety Holistically for Women, and in this group we do run a detox challenge where I educate you on products that you really need to take out of your life that could be having toxic exposure and impacting things like the thyroid. The next big root cause is nutrient deficiencies, and the sad fact is that food grown today is much less nutritious than food grown about 50 to 100 years ago. So a carrot in the year 2000 now needs approximately four carrots to get the same amount of nutrients. It's really terrible what's happening to our food. And because we're already dealing with nutrient-deficient food, then if you have gut dysfunction or you know, gut bugs or not enough stomach acid to absorb your food or you don't have enough bile salts in your body or you're not eating the right foods, then you're not going to be getting the right nutrients to promote proper thyroid function. So for example, amino acids like tyrosine are really important for thyroid function and asparagine these things are part of the structure of TSH. So making sure that you're absorbing amino acids and nutrients like selenium are going to be really, really important. So the next obvious question you might be asking is, well, what do I do to actually heal my thyroid? This is a complicated answer that I'm going to break down into very specific, into very general recommendations. The first and most obvious is getting to the root cause and eliminating that. And this may, there may be multiple root causes. It's looking at infections, supporting minerals, changing your diet, making sure the gut is working properly, and eliminating toxins from your life. While you're doing the root cause, there are some things that we can do in the meantime to support thyroid function. 
So if you have suboptimal thyroid function, often it's looking at nutritional and herbal support, especially when symptoms are mild. When we're getting into more clinical presentations like hypothyroidism, this is where you might want to look at products like desiccated thyroid. Now, what a lot of women don't realize is that desiccated thyroid is actually much better for you than the medication that you're on because desiccated thyroid contains T1, T2, T3, T4, and something called calcitonin. And this is going to provide better holistic support to your thyroid than simply a T3 synthetic medication or a medication that's just T4. This is going to provide better support than a medication that's synthetic and just T4, or maybe T3 and T4. And so for a lot of women, when they switch to desiccated thyroid, they feel much better. And so to sum it all up, the thyroid is an important piece of the puzzle to look at, but it needs to be looked at from a holistic angle. You need to make sure that you are getting the right blood work, that you are looking at the reference ranges from an optimal standpoint instead of a conventional standpoint, that you're looking at your thyroid determining whether it's suboptimal, whether you have hypothyroidism, or whether there's an autoimmune condition. The next thing you need to be looking at are root causes. Now, the root causes of your thyroid issues likely overlap with the root causes of your anxiety. And the thyroid is just giving you some of these symptoms of anxiety, but as you heal anxiety by getting to the root causes of it, you're also going to heal the thyroid and vice versa. Looking at root causes is going to be key because this way you don't have to rely on the medication to stabilize things and you're not leaving the root causes unaddressed. When you leave the root causes unaddressed, then what happens is over time these things get worse and the systems in the body continue to deteriorate. And then 10 years from now, you're left with significant issues instead of small ones that can be easily managed when the problem first started. Hopefully this was eye-opening for you around the thyroid. I'd be happy to answer any questions that you have if you'd like to join my free Facebook group, Healing Anxiety Holistically for Women. I also have a more intensive thyroid webinar that you can reach out to me at jody at healingjourneyservices.com if you'd like more information on how you can access it. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Holistic Anxiety Fix podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so others like you can learn how to heal naturally from anxiety. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.